All right, what's up, guys? The Miami Heat finally prevail. They're not on the wrong side of history. They don't blow an 0-3 lead. Um, they're going to the NBA Finals. Couldn't be any happier. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, what to expect in the Denver-Miami series in the Finals. Uh, here to join me today is Jason Perea and Matea Mayorga. What's up, guys? Buenos dias. Or buenas tardes. What's going on, Rob? How you doing? Good, man. Um, Mateo, I texted you after game four, and I said, you think the Heat are going to blow this? You said no chance. And I was so confident that was going to happen. Then, Jason, game five rolls by, lost. Game six, the most demoralizing loss I've ever witnessed. Derek White comes out of nowhere with a putback. Somehow <laughs> they added, like, an extra eight-tenths of a second, which 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 really caused that team to lose. Um and then they go into Boston, uh, backs against the wall, coming off that loss, and to go into Boston to win and to win by a lot says a lot about this team. So let's get right into it. Um, Jason, I'll start with you first, man. Look, Game Six was was as a sports fan for 15 years, that was literally the worst loss I've ever experienced in my entire life watching the game because I'm such a big Heat fan and. You know, when he missed that shot, I was celebrating. And I came back and I realized that Derek White scored a putback, literally just got out of his hands with 0.1 left, and they make the putback bucket, and they up by one. And then, you know, obviously they go into game seven, the rest is history. But um, when that when that moment happened, what was what was going through your mind? <laughs> well, let's take it back a sec. We're right before that play, and we'll go back to Jimmy Butler's, you know, three-pointer foul bad. right there. And that was just like – I, at first, I was like, what is this guy doing? He's going to try and draw it. Okay. And then even before that, Duncan Robinson missing two open threes. You just you know, never would have expected that as well. So I was kind of just on the edge of my seat already at that point. Like, okay, is this really going to happen? Are we going to take it down to the wire? And then, oh, God, that tonight's in the heart is what I felt like when you look back and you see that one second on the clock as the ball is leaving his hands. And you're just like, only the Miami Heat, only the Miami Heat, this would happen to. But, hey, look, we got it done the next game, and, you know, it was a roller coaster of emotions of a series, I would say, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mateo, listen, uh, to Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster basically guaranteed a Game 7 win. Um, without those two guys, I don't think emotionally they, they, they can win this game. I mean – to lose a game like that, basically have the finals in the bag and to just lose on a completely unlucky play like that um, and to come into game seven in the garden and to just basically from the start, honestly, dominate that game. Um, were you, what was your reaction towards that? Well, going back to game six, you know, that shot that or the tip in the Derek White hit it really wasn't like an accident. You know, Max Struess had his back turned on the inbound play. The inbounders, yeah. the most dangerous man on the court at that time. And, you know, he got loose and he gently laid it in. I, I got to tell you, gentlemen, that was some devastating stuff. Like you say, Rob, it, you know, it almost reminded me of the, the, just in terms of devastation. I'm, I'm sorry if you hear my dog in the background. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, um, hook shot in 1974 against the Celtics in Boston. I know it's, it's it's a little bit different. You know, this time Boston won in 74. Kareem and the Bucks beat the Celtics in that game. But it was a cold uh, sky hook on the baseline. Kareem spun into it and it called game at the end. And, you know, it was just so demoralizing. You know, 
unfortunately for the Bucks, I think the Celtics won game seven in Milwaukee. But, you know, when I, when I saw Derek White tip that in, to tell you the truth, man, I thought the Heat were emotionally shocked. And listening to Coach Spolstra later that night at the press conference, I thought more so because he said that we're going to have to go to Boston and we're going to win it. Well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He does, Coach Spolstra does not talk like that, man. So, like, <laughs> the fact that he was, like, you know, acting a little outside of himself after that, I'm, I'm sure the loss had everyone a bit frazzled. I was worried for them. But, you know, last game yesterday, Tatum, you know, kind of hurt his ankle in the first play of the game. And I thought he was doing okay until halftime. At, at halftime, I, I guess, you know, when you rest, you kind of go a little cold. The adrenaline leaves your body. He, was, he, he wasn't sharp in the, first, in the first half, but he was worse in the second. The Heat's defense was what really bought them the game and uh, won them the game. And also some, you know, heroics from Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler in the second half. But it's really the most unexpected thing I've ever seen probably watching basketball to see an eighth-seeded Heat team now in the NBA Finals. Take it away. Yeah, uh, well said. Jason and Mateo, listen, let's talk about Caleb Martin for a second. This is basically a guy that the Charlotte Hornets released. Literally nobody in the league wanted him, and everyone knows the story now. J. Cole, Cole, Karan Butler, and the rest is history. They signed him. Last year, he really came onto the scene, got a deal, three-year, $20 million deal, but no one in their wildest dreams, or at least except me, nobody saw this coming from Caleb Martin, the offensive weapon that he's become. He's virtually draining every shot. Uh, he's posting up Al Horford, uh, making fadeaway shots, virtually hitting every three. Um, this guy this guy is an offensive sniper. It's a, it's unbelievable. Uh, Jason, let's start with you. What, what is your reaction to uh, Caleb Martin bursting onto the scene? It's one of those things, like, you know, like you said, that Miami, you know, we always try to find those diamonds in the rough, you know, like he was released by the Charlotte Hornets. People thought, oh, he's just not, you know, going to cut it in the league. And look what he's doing. Like you said, he's, you know, making plays off the dribble. He's taking guys that you would think are, you know, all NBA defenders, which they are. And he's, you know, crossing them up, making him look like he's the star player, which he's been playing like for the past, you know, I guess seven games now has been a whole series. And it's it's just been incredible to watch him, you know, have the confidence to not have a, the fear in him to just, you know, back down at the moment and, you know, take it by the bull by the horns and just go in there. And I texted you even yesterday. I said, he's playing like, you know, with that kind of Paul George type of game where he's playing great on defense and he's scoring your threes when you need it. And he's just, you know, handling himself like he should. And it, it's been really good to see. And I hope he can keep it up, you know, obviously in the finals and for the future years to go, because we definitely got him on a bargain deal if he's going to keep playing like this. Yeah. Um, Mateo, you can legitimately make a case that he has the best contract in the NBA considering what the new CBA is going to bring in the next couple of years. Um, next two years, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's been sensational. He, I, I tweeted at halftime that he should have legitimately won Eastern Conference MVP. Um, he definitely could have, for sure. Uh, I thought I thought without his performance, there's a real chance that uh, they lose this series. Not game seven, just in general, the way he's playing. He's playing great. Um, look, what what is your what is your take on Caleb Martin how he's bursted onto the scene? You know, again, it follows with the theme of you know unexpected heroics from the squad this year. Um, in Game Six, you know, I thought he was having the game of his life, and then Derek White just did something that has now become a footnote in the series because they lost. I I, I really hope it doesn't become that. It it really should shed light onto how great this series was. I know the Heat did drop three in a row, but 
when you when you go to seven games, you know, but it's, things are go going good. Like I, I know not for both teams at the same time, but you know, at least for the audience, like it, it's a very entertaining series when something goes to seven games. But you know, back to Caleb Martin in a closeout game on the road, this dude dropped twenty six points and had ten rebounds. That is tremendous. He was keeping possessions alive because some of his boards were also on the offensive end and. Miami yesterday was switching everything after every screen and he was very disruptive playing forward at the top of the key and, you know, trying to contest drives. He, like you say, Rob, is definitely one of the best contracts in the league, at least for the next two years. And to my understanding, when it, it's available, when he becomes available to do so, I think the Heat are going to try to extend Caleb Martin's deal. But yeah. um, he, they could not have won that series without him. Like you were saying a moment ago, he legitimately could have won East Finals MVP for when when Jimmy Butler and Adebayo were playing bad games four, five, and six. Caleb Martin was easily their their strongest player. And yesterday, it was you could almost make a case, or not almost make a case, you could make a solid case that he was the Heat's best player because he shot sixty eight percent from the floor and just a couple of points behind Butler. So tremendous stuff. Yeah. Um, well said, guys. Uh, let's flip. Let's, let's flip onto the other side here. Um, let's give Boston some credit. They did win three games in a row, backs against the wall. To win three games like that against the really resilient team in Miami, it's pretty impressive. Um, let's talk about Game Seven though, and, and, and let's start with uh, Jason Tatum first. Uh, literally the first play of the game, he steps on. Uh, I believe it was. I'm not sure whose ankle it was, but uh, he stepped. Uh, Vincent. Vincent. Ankle. Yeah, correct. And first play of the game, uh, he just looked super uncomfortable. Uh, you could tell uh, that obviously the adrenaline was going through his his ankles and stuff. But at halftime, man, uh, when they came out, you could tell he just lost a step. Uh, there was a point in the game at, uh, to start the, the second half, he didn't touch the ball for four straight minutes. That's literally unbelievable. Uh, he's their best player. Um, that was a really big factor in this game. Along with Malcolm Brogdon, I'm I'm shocked he even played, uh, considering the news that came in that he had a strain in his arm. Uh, he airballed a three and then he missed two layups. Uh, and then Joe Mazzulla quickly realized that he wasn't the answer, so he got benched the rest of the game. Uh, so Jason, what did you think about those two factors right there? Pretty big. I mean, it just you know like it's it's basketball. It kind of sucks that it had to happen that way for them. That you know they Jason Tatum first play of the game had to roll his ankle. But, you know, just like, you know, stuff happens, you know, we've been dealing with adversity the whole season as well. The Heat, you know, we're missing, obviously, Hero, Aladipo, Vincent hurt his ankle this series, and Jimmy, obviously, you know, has been playing with hurt ankles as well. Um, so, you know, it definitely is, it sucks for the Celtics. You know, they didn't have their star player at full strength. Um, but, you know, they definitely have plenty of weapons that can they can definitely get that job done after coming up from 3-0. But um, it, it just shows, like, you know, you can go either way. You never know what can happen in a basketball game. You know, it just luck can fall your way or it can't. Yeah. And I'd be remiss to say that I believe in later in the third quarter, Jimmy Jimmy Butler also tweaked his ankle. So it was mm -hmm. really a little bit of fear game there. But um, I think the story of this game, Mateo, I think it, I think a lot of people are overreacting a little bit. Granted, he had a bad game, but uh, the, the Heat's the, defense is the yeah, best thing. Sorry. The, uh, the, the, the massive crap load that Jalen Brown has received today. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty overwhelming. Uh, yeah. He's still a really good player, in my opinion. He had a bad game, overall bad series. But uh, this this talk that they should just trade him for virtually nothing or not give him the max and let him walk, I think is a little bit ridiculous. 
you know, yeah, 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 man. And the dude is only like 26 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I've seen Jalen struggle with is dribbling with his left hand. I think 100%, early, yeah. early in the game, I think he was going downhill on the left side and Max poked it free and got the steal. You know, listen, because, because he played poorly in his, at home in a game seven is not the end of the world. This has happened, or at least um, star players have taken L's all the time in history on their home floor, like Curry in the 2016 finals, lost the championship on their home court. Um, like I, I said a moment ago, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, before he went to the Lakers, when he was on the Bucks in 1974, they, they lost that one. The Miami Heat a year ago on their home court, game seven, they lost to this same team. It's almost kind of fitting that revenge is taken in the same fashion. Well, they, the, the series didn't go the same way, but ending in, this, uh, in seven games on the road, you know, Jalen Brown, these are the type of moments that really um, te uh, teach players. You know, pain is the ultimate, you know, really teacher of, of in moments. I think he's a big time player. So is Jason Tatum. It's really unfortunate that he hurt, he tweaked his ankle like a minute into this game because it, it was very clear he, he wasn't himself, you know, and you, you know it for a fact he wasn't because you look at the, the box score, he only took 13 attempts in 41 minutes. That doesn't make any sense. If if you think Jason Tatum is going to play like 40 minutes, you probably think he's going to empty the clip. So, you know, at, le at least, you know, um, the Heat's defense, like, I, I don't want to, like, take, uh, disrespect them. The Heat's defense really did a number with their zone, especially the 2-3 zone. It influenced, like, a whole bunch of bad looks um, by the Celtics. And I think they only shot like 22 or 21% from deep. And that's mostly credit to Miami's own, man. Yeah. Uh, well said, guys. Let's let's uh, get into another thing. We could talk about Brown later in his future with the team or not and whether they're going to trade him. That's a different discussion for a different day. But I want to talk about Bam for a second. Look, to a lot of new fans and casual fans, people think that you need to score 25 to 30 points a game to have a good game. Um, but if you're if you're a real fan and really are a fan of the game of basketball, you got to see there's so much more to Bam's game than just him scoring. Uh, I thought the screens that he set this game, I thought his switch defense was fantastic. Uh, he's been crashing the boards a lot more. His defense has been suburb virtually the last couple of the games. He's been honestly on the defensive side of the ball phenomenal. His uh, pick and rolls have been great. Like I said earlier, the, the screens that he's setting is is is, is unbelievable. And allows Jimmy Butler is really handling the ball most of the time to allow to pass to the open guy or just get that quick run to the basket and dish it out for three, which is why Robinson's getting a lot more open looks, uh, which he's been draining. So, Mateo, what do you think about that? Bam was the Heat's best defensive player in the first half, regardless of, you know, picking up three fouls. I know his his shot wasn't falling. I, I think early in the game he – he was uh they passed him to hit the ball to him at the elbow he tried to put it on the floor and and he turned it over he he looked like he had butterfingers but i was very impressed <laughs> with him because it didn't affect him on the other end or at least his confidence you know matching up with different opponents you know switching on screens he was really blowing up a lot of actions just flying around everywhere in the first half in the second half he he got more on the like i think he got like 8, eight or 6 points on the on the stat sheet but defensively he was st still doing the same type of work you know they wouldn't have won the game without him obviously but you know 
even with him having like a poor uh, uh, night by his standards on the stat sheet, he was kind of still everywhere. Like like you said, you know, with the the dribble handoffs, you know, the passes, the rebounding, the um, at least the block shot. Bam doesn't need to just be a score. Like he he was never just a score. He's he's like a like a like a Swiss Army Leatherman tool. He's gonna do a little <laughs> bit of everything. Yeah, well said, man. Jason, I texted you. We text all the time about Bam and Abayo and, and what he means to this team. And we always get mad when we see all these posts about trading him after he has a bad game or, or just he doesn't score thirty points. But you know, you and I really appreciate Bam, and uh, he's been great this series. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. Like he's people underestimate what he does for our team. It's not like he's going to drop, you know. 30 points to you every night and you're going to see him dunking on people every time posters, which, you know, we all love to see, but he does all the dirty work for our team and people don't like to admit that. And like Mateo said, he was flying around last night, you know, disrupting a lot of things, making plays happen where they wouldn't normally happen where you'd get a, you know, ripped screen on a fast break and then we turn it into another fast break. And that's why we led the um, game in fast break points, but he's just one that he's our best screener. He's our best, you know, probably, I'd say on-ball defender when it comes to switching to multiple positions. And he doesn't get enough credit for sure, like you said, of what he can do. I mean, he got 10 rebounds, 7 assists, and obviously a shot wasn't falling and it hasn't been falling this series, but we definitely would not be here without Bam Adebayo. Yeah, and listen, his his screen and his rebounding allows it to, him to dish it out to our three-point shooters, Ms. Bruce and Robinson, who's honestly been great this series. I mean, he's virtually hit every three. I know he didn't hit those two wide-open threes, in game six, but he's been great. Um, you guys are right, man. Bam is so underappreciated sometimes, so I'm glad uh, some people realize what he really brings to the table. Um, guys, with that said, the Heat prevail. They go to the NBA Finals. They take on their toughest, probably their toughest test yet, the Denver Nuggets, uh, who have been a great team all year. They've been the number one seed for a while. Um, they're coming off 10 days of rest. It's not going to be an easy task. Uh, today, Aaron Gordon had a small interview, and he said that he respects the hell out of the Heat. They never give up. They never quit. They're scrappy. They play hard. He doesn't care about their seed. Mike Malone said the same thing. The seeding doesn't matter. Uh, he says, if you look at that seed and you underestimate this team, that's how you're going to lose. So, obviously, Denver knows what they're in for. Um, Jason, we'll start with you first, man. It's not going to be easy, but let's let's uh, deep dive into this, man. Look, um, Bam is going to have to play a lot of minutes. Um, we saw in Game 7 that Zeller and Kevin Love didn't play at all. Um, Bam is going to really have to take a lot of the load. Uh, we saw Highsmith come in really as honestly kind of like a little bit of a backup center uh, playing the power forward position most of that time. But uh, it's going to be a tough task, man, covering Jokic, the, the two-time MVP. Oh, man, this is going to be probably the toughest test that, you know, our heat team, this heat team, I should say, has faced in a while. And I guess in a seven-game series when it comes to matchups, just because Jokic obviously is a matchup nightmare for anybody. We saw what he did to Anthony Davis there versus the Lakers. He just toyed with him the whole time. Um, so it's going to be a definitely, I feel like there's a bit of a group effort there to disrupt Jokic a little bit. And I don't think it's really going to matter. He's going to get his. But if we can, you know, stop the others on that team, mainly Jamal Murray from, you know, going off every night like he did versus the Lakers, I think we have a good chance of making a run at this. But it, it's definitely going to be a very tough matchup for our team just based off the size and the depth of the Nuggets. Yeah, well said. Um, Mateo, it's 
look, this is like a match made in heaven for you because you're a Heat fan and you live in Denver, so you really <laughs> to watch two of your favorite teams play. Um, look, you've been really watching the Nuggets all year. You covered the Heat as well, so no one really better to ask than you. But what do you expect from the series? You know, I've heard some people in media act like the Nuggets are going to roll the Heat. I think this is wrong. I haven't made my official, you know, prediction for the series, but nothing the Heat has done has been easy this postseason. They they took out the first seed. I know Giannis only played in like 38% of the minutes, but they still took him out. You play who's in front of you. The Knicks were a higher seed. The Celtics, you know, before that series started, each book was severely disrespecting the Heat's chances in this series. They got it done. And, you know, I remember before the playoffs started and, you know, I'm sure, you know, with what we've seen, you know, Denver has, you know, kind of gone on a, just ran through the West. They, they certainly are better than what I thought they were in the, in the regular season, but, you know, so are the heat, man. They, mm -hmm. none of this again was easy. And it, with this current matchup, you know, one of the things that's super important for the Heat side is, you know, Bam Adebayo has to make the Joker work defensively because, you know, you know, I think people have kind of gotten a little lost, you know, saying the Joker is a porous defender. He's a complete liability. You know, I didn't think that was the case. I thought he defended Anthony Davis well, you know, maybe not so much the first game because AD had like 40, but like as the series went on in certain spots, like in the post and you know, below the elbow, the Joker did well, you know, guarding someone as skilled as Anthony Davis. Someone like Bam is going to need to make him work, you know, potentially get him in foul trouble. You know, you could stick the Joker in pick and roll and attack him in drop coverage. Eventually, they would look to blow it up by blitzing it or probably icing the ball handler. But, you know, at the very least, this is going six games. And right now, yep. the Heat are playing with, like, you know, what everybody calls, like, house money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> their, their confidence must be so freaking high man and i'm sure that must be or that must make you know the nuggets a little uneasy because you know the heat you know believe this about themselves and you know look where they are the hardest yeah, the, the hardest sorry robert the, the hardest team to face in any sports i feel like no matter what you know um game you're playing is it's always going to be that team that has that chip on the toe that feels like you know we don't care what we have we're going to beat you yeah um, let's let's quickly deep dive into this, guys. Uh, look, game one is on Thursday night. The Heat don't have much rest, but honestly, I think that's an advantage for them considering that the I'm really a believer if you don't play for a while, you're going to lose a little bit of your rhythm. And I think that's an advantage going for Heat game one. Um, look, this is not going to be an easy series. Uh, the, the Heat get a boost. They get Tyler Hero back. Uh, I think it's fair to set their expectations, but to get one of, one of your best scorers back is a big deal, especially for a series like this, the finals. Um, but that begs to ask the question, Mateo, they've been playing fantastic without him, and their rotation has been great. And what are your expectations for when Hero comes back, which is reportedly game three? You think Spolster plays him at all? You think he doesn't want to screw up with what's going on? Uh, don't mess with it if it ain't broke, or do you think he's going to put him back in the game? And, and what do you what do you expect? He's going to play, but he's going to get worked into the rotation. I don't think he's going to 
uh, be a starter. No way. He may yeah. not even be the sixth or seventh man. He might be the eighth or ninth. Or he may be the last man in the playoff rotation. If he, if he may be the guy you go to in case of emergency. You know, you, you break glass. Let's just say, like, uh, Struess doesn't have it going or Haywood Highsmith is being exposed. You go to Tyler if if he's been cleared and if and he feels comfortable, you know, you know, hoisting away shots after recovering with his shooting hand. But um, the Heat have some weapons it would surely assuredly help them to have someone like Tyler in this series because you know the Nuggets they have played very well in the postseason and some games they've played much better defense than others however their point of attack defense could be suspect on some nights and someone like Tyler who could put the ball on the floor you know you kind of want to have someone like that who can at least you know break the defense down and, and at least get inside the paint and um against certain matchups without a screen but you know the heat have other weapons to also make this interesting but tyler eventually i believe will be back in the series yeah um jason i've been texting you about this as well man uh i just think i think that he can do this i really do um i've, I've said to you that obviously Jokic is the best player in the series just because of his versatility and things to do but I'm taking the next two guys and Bam and, and, and Jimmy. Uh, I know Murray's had a great uh, postseason run, but there's times I, I watched Nuggets as well. I think even Mateo can admit to this. There's times that Jamal Murray is very inconsistent. He he's very streaky. Um, if he's off, he's off, and if he's on, he's on. But uh, there's games where you you sometimes just don't know what you're going to get from Murray, which is why I'm taking the other two guys. I know Bam hasn't been scoring, but defensively he's been great. And they get and our three point shooters have been awesome. I know Bruce Brown and, and KCP have been stepping up, but uh, an MPJ is also a wild card. You never know what you're going to get from him. So I think just the more stability from from the Heat aspect, uh, I think gives them a real chance to win this thing. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we can definitely you know get this done for sure. We have what it takes. Um, but just to piggyback on you know Mateo saying about um, Tyler. I definitely think they're going to bring him off the bench. And yeah, exactly. the one thing I'll say about him is it's if you have him coming off the bench and he is, you know, at least 80% where he can shoot and he can, you know, do what he's got to do, he will definitely help out with Lowry and Robinson in that second unit kind of when, you know, they take out Jimmy and Bam or if you're just having a quick second to spell some minutes. And all he has to do is hit a few shots. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. If he comes in and hits some threes, especially in that first home game in, you know, game three, it's going to just energize the whole crowd. It's going to give the Heat even more juice, and it's going to be one of those things where, okay, now we really have, you know, someone else there that can, like Mateo said, put the ball on the floor, create for themselves, and, you know, do something. I mean, we already have Caleb obviously doing that, you know, that we didn't expect. So that's another guy the Nuggets have to look out for that we have in our back pocket. Yeah. Um, and Mateo, correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to uh, disagree with, with anything I said about the Nuggets and Murray. You know, Murray, you know, he reminds me so much of Clay Thompson in the sense how incendiary in he's not, you know, just a catch and shoot specialist like Clay was and a, and a lights out defender. You know, I, I mean, like when they get in the zone, they are just yeah. unstoppable. Yeah, in, I agree. In this postseason, I think it was game one against the Suns, Murray had like uh, 20 points, 20 points. Oh against the, the Suns in the second half against the Lakers in one game 30 in the first half and then another game 22 in the second half but in in those games you know like after you know his insane you know burst in one half he was kind of like 
you know, just steady Eddie in the next one, not too, not super productive, you know, like obviously keeping the ball moving, but like not, you know, scoring a whole bunch of, of points in the, in the next, next half. But he is someone who could really do some serious damage, man. He could break the 2-3 the zone, which is something Miami likes to go to, to go through, folks can go to to throw teams off. This guy will tear that apart. You know, if you're defending him, I, I think you probably got to go strictly to man-to-man -man coverage because he's someone who from the top of the key to the elbow with a couple of dribbles or just a move he'll get there really quickly and he'll get a good shot off you know you break the two three zone by getting to the middle you know defensively I think is where you should really go at him especially someone like Jimmy size when you hunt him down after a switch but the one thing you can't forget about the Nuggets this is their first go around in the NBA finals, not the ABA mm -hmm. finals, the ABA finals in 1976. And I think they lost against uh, Dr. J's team, but here's the thing. They've never been here before. And, you know, some people might just might think, well, the nerves might get to them. They're, they're inexperienced. I don't think so. You know, they're very hungry for this, you know, all year, you know, it, it almost seems like the team was disrespected. They, they weren't getting the coverage they deserved. Um, Nikola Jokic should have won the MVP. And, you know, I know he says he doesn't care, but he plays like he seriously does care. <laughs> so you know, I really think we're going to see a long series here. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't mean to any of the Denver Nuggets fans listening, I'm going to give you a shine too. Yeah. I think Bruce Brown, KCP, uh, Christian Brown defensively, Aaron Gordon steps up. I mean, they got some great role players too. I mean, we can we're we can even say arguably these are the two best teams with the role players. I mean, really, I know their stars are stars, but role players have been really crucial for both teams. Don't you think, Jason? Oh, totally. It's like for Denver's depth this whole season has been the scariest thing to me when it came to facing or any team facing them in the playoffs. Where it's like you just have a lot of people on that team that can you know just get you the points they need, even plug and play, and they just work together and. um like they said, Jokic, you know, Murray, Mike Malone, they, they've been together for a long time now. I think it's uh, Mike Malone's been the coach for eight years, If I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And it's, it's it shows you, like, what you can do when you have the trust from an organization to build something with your star player and, you know, build that trust and build that character. Because um, Jokic has been playing unbelievable. Like Mateo said, he definitely could have won MVP this season, no doubt. And I definitely think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder to prove that, okay, you know, I don't care about this, but I'll show why I'm the best player in the world. Yeah. Um, Mateo, listen, you've been to a, to a good amount of Nuggets games this year. And, look, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Brown. He went to UM. Uh, I love his game. He's really changed. I mean, the first couple of years when he went into the league, he was really almost out of the league, and he just completely changed his game. And he's arguably one of the best role players in the league. He's been sensational for that team. KCAP uh, revived his career, really. He's playing great defense, shooting a lot more threes, making them. Um, look, Christian Braun defensively is great. The rookie they have, um, I know Aaron Gordon has come off the bench, but he is such an energizer for that team. He does a lot for that team. Um, look, they have a lot of weapons, man. Um, not, and I don't want to discredit them. So what do you think about their, this, this roster? Well, Bruce Brown is one of my favorite players in the league. This dude can get you like 12 points and you don't even got to run a play for him because he's just running so hard in transition and always relocating in the half court crashing the offensive glass. He is awesome because he hunts down extra possessions and really like you see him 
uh, perform some backbreaking plays for the opponent. Like he'll uh, crash the offensive glass. He'll throw it out to a sniper. And after an offensive rebound is the best moment to take a three point shot because the defense is sucked in when they tried to get after trying to get the rebound and he'll find the sniper outside. It'll burn the opponent. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Porter Jr. When this dude is in the zone, he is the Denver Nuggets best marksman probably by far. He's, he's, he's been playing very well. I, I would say, you know, defensively, I think certain matchups give him problems. You know, I think he can use his, he's, he's getting smarter and using his length to take away avenues. Certainly the quicker, you know, guards, like some, somebody with like De'Aaron Fox's speed or somebody with like an, a super elusive handle, like, like Steph could, you know, probably, um, uh, embarrass him but he is do playing very well Aaron Gordon I, I I believe he will be the primary defender on Jimmy Butler in this series I think KCP will also get some time but he's a bit too skinny and you might want to put him on somebody else like one, one of your um, other guards you know disrupting a ball handler coming up court or one of your snipers like Max Struess but they got some really good players Mike Malone you know hasn't gotten really enough credit for you know how great he's been as a coach since he got here you know I think he's uh third all time for the Nuggets in 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 their wins and you know that says a lot man like he got here I know it's going up I think since like 2016 but you know the Nuggets are you know I I still look at them as a storied franchise you know because they're one of the ABA teams I know this is their first time in the finals but you know what, what he does what he's done so far means a lot especially for the city yeah well said man um let's 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 quickly get to a game one here that's thursday night uh jason what are your expectations you think that he can win this game or you think uh they'll be more focused on game two obviously for me in my opinion as long as they get one on the road i think they're just fine they get two that would be unbelievable but uh as long as they get one of those two um, i'm very confident that they can win the series yeah, I agree. One of the two would definitely be, you know, obviously what we want, and two out of two or two of the um, two of the home games there would be, you know, the best. But um, I think we can definitely go in there and you know steal one for sure. Um, game one might be our best chance just because you know we're coming off of you know this you know game yesterday where we're kind of still got the juices flowing. You know they've been resting, um, so I know that whole kind of rest hangover kind of thing is kind of a myth sometimes, which I mean obviously it can be, but. Uh, you know, you never know, you know, we, we have everything kind of going our way right now where I definitely think we have the chance to come out there and kind of punch them in the mouth. So I'm not going to make a guarantee, but I definitely think we can steal one. <laughs> a Chuck guarantee. Uh, yeah, Mateo, <laughs> listen, do you, think, do you think that he can go into Denver and steal one game? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really in line with the points y'all are, are making about, you know, how the Heat are in rhythm, you know, especially with the confidence flowing after getting a game seven on the road. The last time the Nuggets played was on the, tw I think it was the 22nd was um, game four against the Lakers. And it was, yeah, it was like Monday. Yeah. So it's been, it'll be like what, uh, 10 days from then to uh, the, the start of game one. That's a, that's a long time to not play. And you, you know, at least for myself, when I spend um, longer than I sh should away from riding, I feel like my curveball ain't the same. It almost takes me a little bit longer to, you know, find the rhythm, you know, with the right strokes on the keyboard. But I think game one is an, a, a golden opportunity for the Heat because, you know, nobody really is going to pick them. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm really a believer in the underdog mentality, man. I really believe that's a huge advantage. Um, with the way that he had played against backs against their wall, they really haven't lost any rhythm or a step, and I really believe they can go into game one and win that game. As long as they get one of those two, it's crucial. I think they'll have a great chance to win this series. You know, they've got multiple wins on the road, I think, in every series. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like – this is who they are now. Like what you saw in the regular season apparently didn't mean much because they really flipped the script and, you know, they took out the the one seed, you know, the, the, the obviously the Knicks were uh, higher than them as well. The Celtics were the second seed, you know, they're in their seventh NBA finals in franchise history. You know, the second with the current build that they have now, obviously the second time in, in four years, they could do this. Yeah. It, it, it'll obviously be very difficult. They are not the favorites. I, I think to tr tell you the truth, I think the, the whole altitude crap is overrated because oh, yeah. listen, man, I'm not to compare myself to, you know, an NBA player or some star athlete, but you know, my first day in Denver, I was seriously working out and I didn't feel a thing, you know, guys, especially if they've played here before, I don't think they'll feel it. Yeah. Listen, we're talking about baseball. It makes a difference because you're hitting a ball and it will go an extra 50 feet in the air. But basketball is different, man. Um, listen, uh, Jason, I'm going to close out on this. All I'm going to say is the last three series, the Heat have played game one. They've won every single game on the road. They went into Milwaukee and won that game. They went into New York and won that game. And they went into Boston and won game one as well. So don't be surprised if they go into uh, Denver and win game one. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, that's a pretty good stat, man. It's like, we, like I said, we, like me and Mateo basically said, too, everything is – the ball is in our court, I would say, when it comes to coming to game one. To, it's, it's ours for the taking. He's, they, they, they've, Denver's been off. they just probably, you know, coming in, okay, you know, we got this heat team we got to worry about. Obviously, they know it's not going to take us, you know, like as a joke. But at the same time, you know, just like you said, having time off like that, you kind of – you get out of rhythm a bit. Like, you know, with anything, it doesn't have to be basketball. It could be, you know – going for a run in the park, you know, just do something wrong the one day and it just, you know, switches your whole routine up. Yep, exactly. Uh, Mateo, any last words before we head on out? Yeah, you know, if you're following me on Twitter at Mateo Mayorga 23 and you want to keep up with how the Nuggets are doing tomorrow, I will be credentialed at their practice. It should be around uh, like 1 or 2 p.m. Mountain time. So follow my feed. I will let y'all know as much as I can. Very um, cool, by the way. Thank you very much. But that's what I got for y'all. Awesome, man. Well, guys, nice. we're definitely going to be doing some more of these episodes. Uh, to all the fans at home listening. Really appreciate it. Got close up to a thousand listeners. So uh, all the support is great. Really appreciate it. Mateo and Jason, like always, is fun. We're going to have you on more pods to talk about this series. So uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Thank of you. Of course, Rob. Glad to be back. Yeah. All right, guys.